This is Hammond. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. If you like what you're listening to, please go to patreon.com slash friendly atheist podcast. And we do want to give a shout out to some of our latest supporters. Tina A, Molly M, Aiden without a last initial, <laughs> Keith P, Becky S, Duran H. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Hello. Hi, Hammond. How are you? I'm excellent. Can I'm I start so by telling you the thing that, that I am fine. so excited about? It's yeah. what I do. Okay. I want to tell you about the podcast that I just launched without you. That's so fucking rude. <laughs> you come to our house and promote your podcast? How I this is how you do me. Yes. So this is a project I've been working on for a, a bunch of months. I told you some details. I did not tell you a ton of details. Yeah. Um, and I'm telling you about this because if you're listening to this podcast, maybe you're interested and I would so greatly appreciate any pledge you could give on Kickstarter to make this thing happen. Um, in fact, if you're listening, you should stop and go to Kickstarter now and I'll tell you why. I am right um, here is the uh, project I'm working on. Basically, it's about the Pledge of Allegiance. And the thing I want to talk about is that every time it's in the news, because someone's not saying the Pledge of Allegiance, I end up writing some story on the website, but it's always about the current controversy, why I think it's a problem, something Uh like that. I never really get to explore the history of the pledge. I never get to talk about the writing of it or Mm -hmm. the older controversies or the fact that all the issues that pop up today are old ones that have popped up before. And so I wanted to explore that in a lot more depth. And I think talking about that story rather than trying to write out a giant book, because that's been done before. I've seen textbooks Mm -hmm. like about the history. They're not exciting. They're not interesting. Right. And I don't really care about like the life of Francis Bellamy, the guy who wrote the pledge. I care about like the relevant portion Mm -hmm. of that story. So this podcast that I'm working on about the Pledge of Allegiance walks through that entire history, but like all the good stuff. It's here are the conflicts and the controversies, not just why under God is in the pledge, but what happened as a result of it. What was going on behind the scenes to make that happen? Mm -hmm. How did it nearly destroy a presidential campaign? How did the Supreme Court rule about take make a ruling on the Pledge of Allegiance, then realize in the moment, oh, no, we've made a huge mistake. And just because they made a mistake, what do you do? You can't erase the decision you just made. So how did they figure that out? Um, Like the Supreme Court issue by itself is worth, I think, the story. But the fact that like there's a kid from 100 years ago who got in trouble for saying, we don't have liberty and justice for all Uh because I'm a black kid in the south side of Chicago or Mm -hmm. something. And I know that's not true. And he got in trouble for protesting it. Huh. And the fact that... It sounds familiar. Yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses, who we routinely point out a call out for their policies, which are harmful, are the heroes of the story in a lot of ways when it comes to the pledge cases. Uh-huh. So I talk about all of that. This is... I don't know how many episodes this will be. There's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but writing it has taken already a few months, but it's kind of one of those like passion projects and I would love to take on more if this Kickstarter works but this is what the show will be there is different music there is graphic design stuff that has to be done behind the scenes and then it's a lot of time and effort to do it that's why I'm doing this on Kickstarter so if you go to Kickstarter and you search Pledge of Allegiance you will find the listing any support you could give would be appreciated and I really hope podcast listeners of this show um, are interested in that project because it's it's me, it's scripted. I should say that. It's not just me talking off the cuff, so it's yeah. different than something like this. And Look what I just did. Thank you. You gave... you. I'm done with the Kickstarter now. Thank you. I, you hit your goal with <laughs> my $25. Goal. Thank you. He was only raising $25. <laughs> no, I, appre- I appreciate that. I do want my personalized but thank you card. You did that while I was talking. It was easy to do. Thank you so much. And I had to figure out how to log into Kickstarter. I know. Which took me three tries. Look at that. So, <laughs> hey, make it happen. Um, and Yeah, I think this is a really interesting project. I think it's... I, I, 
don't know. I, I like this sort of long form journalism that's yeah. really popular in podcasts right now. I'm modeling it off of hardcore history, which I really enjoy, which uh-huh. is just a guy talking about the most boring topics. Like right. here's World War One history. Right. But then Dan Carlin spends like 23 hours doing it. Right. And it's like, oh, my God, this is fascinating the yeah. way you tell this. So I'm trying to emulate that. I'm telling you, I have like 35 pages of this script uh-huh. written and it's way too small of a font and it's insane. <laughs> But it's all interesting stuff. And I cut out all the crap from the histories of the pledge that I'm like, no one cares about this. Uh-huh. So it's all the good stuff and it's still growing. So it's like a Ken Burns documentary. Yes. But probably shorter <laughs> because Ken Burns documentaries are. They go forever. 72 hours a piece each yes. episode. Yeah. And you have better hair than he does. So That's like... what I keep telling people. Um <laughs> And hopefully, again, uh, it'll be worth your time. I think if you care about the stories we talk about every week, it, imagine that, but at an epic scale, because these are Supreme Court cases. Yeah. These are protests, and in, like there's violence involved. Mm-hmm. There is like literal castration involved. Yikes. How does that play into the story? We'll I'm not telling you. We'll have to listen. Yeah. So anyway... Uh, That's really pledge exciting. if you can. I would appreciate it. And if we hit the goal, I'll shut up about it until the thing comes out. Yeah, it's true. But, Good luck. Uh, make it happen. Thank you. Yeah. So the yeah, it'll be going on for another and three just weeks. Sorry, of I must have missed when yes. you said the part I was going to be in. Oh right, you make a cameo uh-huh. at hour seven. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I haven't figured out how yet. Just do some foley work. If you could, yeah. If you could just <laughs> scream and uh-huh. represent the violin aspect, sure. we should be good. Do you want me to like record a bunch of like sounds that I make, and you can have them on a soundboard in case you just need like. Scream like laughter. <laughs> Just drop Laugh it. track. There we go. <laughs> that would be awesome. So uh, thank you in advance. I hope you like it because I've spent so much time on it. God, I hope you like it. <laughs> so anyway, there's right. that. Um, I, and let me get one more story out of the way just because it's sad. And I just want to oh. wanna make sure we talk about it before um, we get to something more chaotic. We talked about her a couple weeks ago, Rachel mm-hmm. Held Evans. Uh, she is the progressive Christian writer. Um, a couple of weeks ago, she had an allergic react- reaction to some medicine. She went into a medically induced coma. And we had talked about it just a couple of days after that happened, saying, you know, hope she gets better. Mm-hmm. And then uh, several days ago, like over the weekend, just out of nowhere, I see on Slate, like they had the news really quickly and must have prepared for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, she passed away. She was 37. She has two kids who are the ages of my kids, too, which mm-hmm. I'm just like, I don't know what I would do if that happened to my spouse yeah. or me or whatever. Um, so there, I've seen a lot of coverage in the sense of so many people saying what she meant to them. Mm-hmm. And I realize, you know, she was a Christian author and a lot of people gave her credit for like keeping them in the fold mm-hmm. when they were so ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And I realized that's not exactly exciting for atheists, but what she did and what I think she inspired a lot of people to do, especially Christian women is to speak out against the same kind of crap that we often talk about when it comes mm-hmm. to white evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. They spoke out. They speak out now. She did it well against purity culture and the the whole patriarchal version of evangelical Christianity. Yeah. The hypocrisies on the political side of things with the evangelical base. Mm-hmm. She always talked about it, pushed back against it. And really encouraged a lot of other, especially Christian women, to do the same. And so it was really interesting seeing how many... I mean, this was not in a bubble. This is not a Christian writer who passes and then, you know, only Christians are writing about the reflections about it. I mean, there were obituaries in the Washington Washington Post and the New York Times Mm -hmm. and the Atlantic. And they were all... All the writers, too, are just like, we all knew her because she would send us thank you messages after articles that she thought were important, Mm -hmm. which is something very few people do, especially when you're as famous as she was Mm -hmm. in that world. Um, So it's just, it's a sad, sad story, but she, I think what everyone's taking away from it is she was always kind even to her enemies, but always critical Mm -hmm. and not afraid of it. And you rarely see that, I feel, like in that other direction. Mm -hmm. But... um, I, I hope that voice, even if it's not coming from her, uh, continues in Christian circles because it means a lot more yep. when Christians are the ones calling out their own. 
because they will pay attention to that a lot more than if we do it. Yeah, and I, I think that we we were on the same team in every in every important way. Like, yeah, she believed in God, whereas we didn't. But we're we are fighting for the same things she was. Rem- and remember, she even said uh, she was anti-abortion. However, she made the very logical point before the 2016 elections mm-hmm. that, hey, I want to see fewer abortions because mm-hmm. I am pro-life, she says. So I'm voting for Hillary Clinton because I realize that's the way you decrease abortions. Right. You put into place policies that will lessen the need for them. Right. And obviously that's the right answer because banning abortions, as I'm sure we'll talk about later mm-hmm. in this, is going to make things worse for everybody. So, I mean, again, this is what you mean by we weren't on the same page about everything, but we did share a lot of the same values yeah. or at least the methods and the ways to get there. So, mm-hmm. um, so. I'm not going to pretend to say like I was close with her. We talked before in the past, but it is sad to see someone who was like, a voice of relative reason mm-hmm. in religious circles to see her go and to see her go at a young age. And yeah. it's just awful. It, it's a tragedy. Um, okay. So I wanted to make sure we cover that early. <laughs> Do you want to talk about something totally different? I guess. Um, let's talk about this that happened this morning. Today's Thursday. Hi. Hi. Um, Pope Francis came out with a new set of rules for the Catholic Church today. How did I miss Pope news? I know, you missed Pope news. It was very quiet. There's a lot of other stuff happening. Pope Francis has announced new rules, like from the Vatican on down, in order to curb child sexual abuse in the church. Okay. Like, we always, everyone, complains like the church doesn't do enough. And he's like, well, guess what? We have a new policy in place that, because he's the Pope, everyone has to do now. So here's essentially what the Pope says has to happen. There's whistleblower protections for anyone who makes a report about this. There wasn't already. (laughs) Right, there wasn't already. Every diocese in the world has to have a system in place, like a written down policy system in place, about how they're going to deal with Uh, allegations, Mm -hmm. because they have to make sure confidential allegations can be made, and you don't necessarily even know who's making them, Uh per se, but um, no, I take that back. They just have to be confidential. No one can find out about it except whoever you're reporting it to. Oh, okay. So So it's not going to be a big deal. Um, And if the person you are accusing happens to be in a position of power, there has to be a system in place for you to tell someone even higher up. Uh So, like, we talked uh, months ago, Cardinal Law, the Uh uh, guy who was convicted of abuse, what, he's in jail now or whatever, or he's found guilty. Cardinal Law. I'm thinking of Cardinal Pell. That's the only one I know. God, I can't keep him straight now. Sorry, it's one of them. (laughs) But when it's someone high up, you can go higher Uh because you got to report them. There's that system in place. So, like, if the accused is really high up, you can tell the Vatican. Tell the Pope. Uh Uh-huh. All priests and nuns are now mandated reporters. So, Good. I don't. They weren't. Yeah. Well, okay. now they are. There's no statute of limitations. If you know something okay. now, you can come forth. That's helpful. Even if it happened in the past, just so we get it on the record. And even if like an attorney general didn't do anything about it or didn't know about it, you can tell us now. It's uh-huh. okay. Um, and it's not just about child abuse because we've seen stories about nuns getting abused. Mm-hmm. It applies to that form too. Like mm-hmm. anyone's getting abused, you could tell us. So all of that is fine. That's good. And every diocese has to have a policy in place uh, and they have to tell the Vatican, here's what we're doing by June 1st of next year. Mm -hmm. But the system is in place June 1st of this year. Okay. So, okay, that's good. Like, that is a step. Here's here's what I think they're missing. A couple things they don't have in the rules. There is no rule saying you have to report allegations to secular law enforcement. Mm -hmm. That rule is not in place. And the Vatican keeps saying the reason they didn't include that is because there are parts of the world where you cannot trust local law enforcement and Catholics are already persecuted minorities. Mm -hmm. So they they don't want to say always tell like local cops. Sure. What they say is you have to follow the law in your jurisdiction. So if you're in Chicago, you have to follow whatever the state's laws are about reporting... We're not going to stop you from that. 
But again, there are some places where those laws are not in place, where you got to tell them what's going on. Uh So that's where it gets a little iffy. There's no penalty for churches who don't follow these rules. Like, what is the church going to do if you don't report it properly or you're not like there's no penalty with the rules? He just said, you got to do this now. Well, presumably but, he's infallible or whatever, <laughs> so... Yeah. There's nothing in the rule book about financial reparations for victims. <laughs> so if you say, hey, this kid was molested by a priest, they'll try to handle the priest. Right. There's nothing they're doing about the kid. Jesus. That's for other people to deal it's with. It's like right? they don't really care. Yeah. They're just trying to cover their own ass. Here's one they didn't talk about, and I haven't heard a good answer to this. What if the abuser tells the priest, I have done this horrible thing in the confessional booth... There's no rule that says uh, you got to report that. That doesn't count because that's and sacred. Pretty big on breaking that. I'm not breaking that guy. <laughs> right. Hmm. Um, if an allegation of abuse is found, okay. So there's a in every diocese, every church has its bishop, the leader, fine, mm-hmm. and the bishops have someone in the area, even if it's not like the cardinal or like the archbishop. Mm-hmm. They might have a metropolitan bishop who kind of oversees a few different dioceses. If the metropolitan bishop, that's the term, says, you came to me with this allegation, but you know what? I don't think it's founded in any facts. I don't, I don't buy this. Then it can be ignored. Oh, cool. <laughs> well, that's that then, I guess. Yeah. So like, it, part of it depends on how trustworthy is this metropolitan bishop. Because yeah. if he's the problem, then what the hell? Um, so there's a lot of loopholes that yeah, are still there. Yeah, it feels like there. there's not a ton of tea. It's more of a gesture than anything. I yeah. mean, listen, like, again, step in the right direction. Yeah. But I don't so want to over reward that, though. Right. So there's huh. that. Cool. So they solved that. So they solved the problem. Kind of, you sort of, not really. Um, another one that happened just today. I don't think you've seen this yet because it just happened. Gallup came out with a poll about presidential candidates. Oh. And they do this every four years-ish. Uh-huh. And they basically say, if you could vote for someone in your political party for president, uh-huh. and that person, uh, and the candidate happened to be a blank, would you support that candidate? Oh. Right? And it's always like, would you support, like, the Democrat in our case, presidential candidate if that person were black mm-hmm. and the answer is like yeah why wouldn't i like people are course. racist because like four uh, uh, per- rhetorical question four <laughs> percent of people said no cool <laughs> but 96 percent now say yeah i'm fine with the black candidate why would that be a deal breaker like part of the air like a rounding error <laughs> yeah i would hope and that's actually higher in nine in 2015 when they asked the same question it was only 92 percent so again, most of the num- most of the categories, would you vote for Hispanic? Yeah, like 90 some percent, high mm-hmm. 90s. Say, yeah, I'm fine with that. Why wouldn't I? Uh, Hispanic, a woman, a Catholic, someone who's Jewish. These are all in the 90s. And historically, the bottom of this list has always been atheists. Yes. But then in 2015, for the first time, atheists were not at the bottom of the list. Oh. Because in 2015, they added another category. Oh, so we didn't pass anybody. Yeah, no, they just added a new category that (laughs) took up the bottom spot. Oh, who was it? Uh, Thanks, Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Socialist. Socialist only. Yeah, 47% of people said they would vote for a socialist, which means everyone else was like, yeah, even if it was my party, I don't know. Atheists are more popular than socialists? In 2015, 58% of people said, I'll consider an atheist, but only 47% said socialist. Uh, Welcome to 47% AOC. I'll show you the ropes down here. (laughs) We're not last. So the question is 2019 now. Yeah. What are they going to say now? Socialist is still last uh-huh. and still at 47%. Okay. Like there's been no dent sure. <laughs> in that one. Which is shocking because I feel like socialism has become less of a stigmatized yeah. thing. Like, yeah, with AOC saying using Bernie the label Sanders. and Bernie Sanders having years of like that label under his belt right. in the news, you would think it would have gone up. Not much difference. Cool. Atheist has gone up <gasps> a little bit. Okay. 60% now nice. say I will vote for an atheist from my party, as in it's not a deal breaker for me. Are we going to get a meta Bloomkey ticket going uh, for 2020? No, because 60% is freakishly low <laughs> for your own people saying. <laughs> By the way. It's so few people. It's they so hate us few so people. Much. Among, <laughs> among Democrats, the number's only 71%. 
<laughs> like uh, even only 71% of Democrats are like, yeah, I would vote for this person if that was the Democratic candidate, but if they were an atheist. Mm-hmm. Like only 71% say oh, yes. It's like that that um, Twitter thread I got in with actor Hell Sparks, who was like very <laughs> unsure about atheism right. and then got immoral, uh, evil. Well, and he got offended for me of implying that he was an asshole. I can't believe it. <laughs> um, wait, so how many Democrats would vote for a socialist? Uh, Is it still the you know lowest what? on I, Democrats? Uh, I don't have that number in front of me. Forty-seven percent overall. Uh, I'm afraid of opening up any more tabs right now because yeah. this thing will shut down. I'm As sure it of it. Has already today. Here's the one upside: the first time Gallup did a poll like this and included atheist on the list, uh-huh. it was 1958. Oh, atheist scored 18 percent. Fucking more than doubled it. We tripled, tripled it. it. <laughs> yeah. Now. Um, but remember, 2012 is the you first only time took it three generations. Yeah, 2012 is the first time we crossed 50 percent. 2015 was the first time we were not last again <laughs> on this by list. default. Though. By default, and now it's 60 percent. I mean, we can only really go up. Um, but here's what um, I—I I mean, unless some I atheist does something stupid. Uh, here's what I would add, though. Like at least with socialists, you have a couple of high, very prominent politicians mm-hmm. who embrace the word yeah. and talk about the word, and they're not afraid of it, and that helps like decrease that stigma. Uh-huh. We don't have any atheist politicians at that level right. who are just like, like, it's not like Pete Buttigieg is going on TV where they're like, well, you're an atheist. What, do you, what is the deal with that? And then he could give some eloquent answer right. about it. And it's like, oh, you're not that scary about that. Uh-huh. I don't mind voting for you if you're the person. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, by the way, if you're curious, uh, when it comes to gay or lesbian, 76% now say I would vote for that person. Cool. Um, That's kind of reassuring. So it is. It's, it's getting there. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I think if you just had a politician of prominence, of national prominence, who was open about their atheism, but just didn't talk about it unless you asked them to, right. I think that would change the stigma faster than just about anything else. And it would change this number yeah. faster than anything else. But like in the next election, 2020, at least at the national level, they're not going to be talking about it because there's no candidate in the wings or yeah. even in the running who is openly atheist. So it's not an issue. So there's no one talking about it during every interview. Uh-huh. There's a bunch at the state level, like near 50, uh-huh. uh, who are in office right now. We're openly non-religious. No one who's talking about it on the presidential scale. Right. One member of Congress who isn't in the news a lot. So, Kevin, if we ran for president, yes, who is the bigger liability, me as a woman or you as a brown? Ooh, ooh, probably you as a brown. Me as a brown, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's a Blumke meditation, and that doesn't even get into all the shit I've written for like twelve years. Yeah, I mean I have a shorter <laughs> paper trail, That's but before it's... you Google me. <laughs> 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 Just showing her pictures. Uh-huh. <laughs> so uh. <laughs> it, it will not happen <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. Um, can we talk about this vaccine story? Because oh, it is please. fuck wild. And this is an, a once again, and I feel like this is going to be my new segment of, hey, friendly atheist listener, you should run for something because this idiot <laughs> is, is a lawmaker. Yes. You can do it, too. I guarantee you're smarter than this. Yes. Man. Um, so Dr. Peter Hotez, he's a, uh, a vaccine advocate, pediatrician. He develops vac- um, vaccines of neglected diseases for third world countries. So like a pretty good dude. I a would modern say. hero. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how he got into it with Stickland. Can you speak Twitter. to that? So Just this Twitter. guy, uh, was on Twitter saying, like, you got to get vaccinated, basically. Oh, he was citing falling um, vaccination rates in Texas. Um, and, and how that's bad. And how like, that's a bad thing. People need to get their vaccinations. And then, unbeknownst to him, the guy who responds to him on Twitter saying, like, basically, screw you, is a Texas state legislator. Right. So the rep- so this is uh, Texas Representative John Stickland. He is a Republican. Um he tweet he like retweeted with the comment um you bought and pay- you are bought and paid for by the biggest special interest in politics do our state a favor and mind your own business parental rights mean more to us than your self enriching scare quotes science he put science in scare quotes hashtag I texas legislature t x l e g i think he just hashtag. spelled it wrong but <laughs> 
Hotels, yeah, Hotels then responds back like, wow, that's impressive from a member of the Texas House. Sir, as you know, I don't take a dime from the vaccine industry. I develop neglected disease vaccines for the world's poorest people. And as a Texas pediatrician slash scientist, like, it is most certainly my business, which is a totally sane, normal, fine answer. And then things go off the rails. (laughs) Representative responds, make the case for your sorcery to consumers on your own dime, like every other business. Quit using the heavy hand of government to make your business profitable through mandates and immunity. It's disgusting. He called vaccines sorcery. But there's like one more, like the cherry on top. Uh Uh-huh. Typical leftist trying to take credit for something only the Lord God Almighty is in control of. Repent. Oh, my God. Yeah, if that guy's in office, and what are you all he doing? He called vaccine <laughs> sorcery. And to also, make your business prop, your business of helping poor people in third world countries. Oh, a, like, a historically popular, or a profitable business. That's uh-huh. why so many millionaires are putting their money into third world healthcare. Yeah. It's yeah. because it just has great Silicon ROI. Silicon Valley is just all about vaccine investments in third world nations. You guys, you could be a state legend. If you're in Texas, I don't know where this guy's from. Fucking unseat him. It's <laughs> just that easy. I don't just know where like he's that. From. I just can't believe it. I can't believe this man is a real human. (laughs) Can't believe he is sorcery, unironically. I'm not sure I've ever heard anybody do that. He was angry because the whole story involved the the vaccine exemptions that have to do with reasons of personal conscience, Uh which is the dumbest reason to get a vaccine exemption. And he was complaining about that because the doctor was still going, like, saying that's a bad thing. Listen. Oh. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like a big old dummy... When I read things like this, I'm like, God, I'm a fucking genius. I know. I can't believe I'm not a Rhodes Scholar when people like this are walking <laughs> around the earth. And similar story in Kentucky where a kid, a Catholic student in Kentucky, because oh, Kentucky is full of Catholic students who do really make very bad decisions. Yeah, Kentucky, get your shit um, together, you guys. You're having he, a bad year. He sued the Northern Kentucky Health Department a while back. Yeah, we talked about Because we talked show. about that. State officials banned unvaccinated kids from school and extracurriculars because you're unvaccinated. Get well, the but, hell out. But there was also a big outbra- uh, chicken pox outbreak. So they yeah, said, get too. this vaccine. Right. Otherwise. Because too many people are, right. lives are at stake here. This kid said, I'm suing you over it. Yeah, He's 18. Jerome Jerome Kunkel. He sued over it. And guess what happened to him this week? Well, he certainly didn't get the chicken pox. He was praying too hard. <laughs> ah, he got the chicken pox. Because God didn't hear his prayers and karma is real. I just... Like, I'm not celebrating somebody getting the chicken pox, but also, like, yeah. yeah. someone has to get them. This is how it goes, bud. <laughs> you don't make up the rules. Like, like it's, And he's lucky because he can get vaccinated. Yeah. Like, he doesn't have to die from this. Yeah, that's but the But the problem thing. is when you have chicken pox, there may be people around you who cannot get vaccinated, mm-hmm. who can get hurt from it. That's who we're trying to protect here because you're too full of it and ignorant to get your shots. I might have talked about this before, but I think it's funny when people like cite the chicken pox vaccine of like, well, I had it as a kid and it was no big deal. Like, Kentucky's governor. The governor was like, I take my kids to chicken pox parties. Yes. And that's the thing is like, oh, it's not a big deal. Uh, A lot of people get it. It's, it's not fatal, so we shouldn't worry about it. Like, A, it, like it, there can be very serious complications, especially if you're older. B, is not giving your kid a disease not a good enough reason? Is not wanting to watch your kids suffer for two weeks not a good enough reason to vaccinate your child? Like, even if it wasn't ultimately harmless to, uh, disease, it's uncomfortable and, like, itchy. <laughs> I don't know what people are... People are monsters is the problem. My kids don't have any medical issues with these shots. Uh And it's not hard. Like, we go to the doctor when we have to go to, like, oh, with the when a kid's born, it's like, come every month or whatever it is. And it's like, okay, it's been three months. This time you need shots X, Y, and Z. It's like, well, this is going to be annoying for the kid for a couple, for an hour or something. And then he cries for a little bit, and then he's over it. Mm -hmm. And then we move on. And then we don't think about it again for the next, until the next shot. Like, like it's not hard. Yes, exactly. They're they're the Etch-A-Sketch, right? (laughs) Like, 
They will forget everything. Have it, have it, have you it. shake it, You're it's fine. You're not supposed to shake your baby. We always <laughs> talk about this. And so it's like it's not even hard if you're just visiting the doctor yeah. on a regular basis like you're supposed to when you just have the baby. No, you have to make an effort to like opt out of that shit. Yes, and you're exactly. St- if you're doing it, you're stupid and cruel. You know what I've been waiting for that I haven't seen yet? Like when they say, all right, well, we have to get these shots and you have to sign the paper so we can give the shots. It's like, yeah, 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 fine. Give me the damn paper and I'll sign it. And, like, there's never any conflict. They're just like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do, uh-huh. Dad. <laughs> like, fine. Yeah. I'm just waiting. I, I'm i wondering at some point if they're going to be like, oh, thank God I don't have to deal with any of this shit. I, like, I thought about that, too. <laughs> I haven't seen that look yet, but every time I'm like, I wonder how you're going to react you, when I'm just like, yeah, just give it to me. I'll sign it. <laughs> when you pick your, your, doc, your kids' doctors, do you ask if they allow unvaccinated I literally kids? picked the only Indian doctor in my area who did pediatrics. Seriously? Yeah, and here's why. She'll understand what the kid's going through with my parents. She'll know what they're eating. I, She'll know what they deal with. And so she just gets it. It's not a racist thing. It's like, you get my culture, no, so I, I don't have to ask questions. No, I wasn't saying seriously like you sought out an Indian pediatrician. I said seriously because my last three doctors have been Indian. Or well, like statistically, Indian or it's like, going to happen. <laughs> we literally were like, she's close by, and it's like, it doesn't matter, literally. I've been there. I'm like, just give me whoever you got. Right. But oh my God, as a primary doctor, as a primary doctor, it's like, yeah, give me the brown one. <laughs> she she gets me. Oh, that's so good. We don't even have to like wink at each other. It's like, I know what you're doing. It's all good. She gets me. We have conversations. <laughs> um, this is a story that got really weird. Okay. Here's what I found out. Someone sends me a link to a random Facebook post made by people who are not in the news for anything. It's just, she's like, this popped up on my Facebook feed, passes it along to me. I look at it, and it's a picture of a random dude. I Maybe he's a pastor. Maybe he's associated with a part of the church okay. that does baptisms. Um, but this is uh, a church called Gateway Fellowship Church in Kerrville, Texas. Doesn't it feel like they just rolled dice with like <laughs> church, like churchy kind of names? Church bingo, and they got these, yeah. <laughs> Gateway Fellowship. And what they showed is this pastor dude is like, hey, look, this guy at our church got baptized and we're so proud of him. And we have a we have some happy pictures of this guy right before he got baptized. An adult? Uh, I, did, I think he's 25 or 26. Okay. Um, and he's holding a sign and the sign says, and I'm quoting, I believed a lie from the devil that I was gay until dot, dot, <sighs> dot. And if you turn over the poster, which is in the second picture, and they're all like throwing their hands yeah. in the air celebrating, God showed me his gateway. I, I'm going to ignore the innuendo here. Yeah, le- that's low-hanging fruit, Hammett, and you're better than that. Uh, no, I'm not. I <laughs> believe the lie from the devil that I was gay. This is what they're like, yay, we helped this guy get rid of the lie from the devil and this, then, okay, that's another. I feel like at least once a week you bring a story that I have seen on Facebook or whatever and scroll, scrolled by, assuming it was like a bad Photoshop job. Yeah, no. Real thick pictures. Jesus. The guy who's getting baptized posted a video of his baptism, and you could see him in it's literally a big tub. <laughs> you could see him getting in the tub, holding up the poster for the oh. crowd to see. So they're all cheering him on, cheering on this idea that God makes you gay. And, or I'm sorry, the devil makes you gay. Yeah, idiot. And you can cure yourself of it. And now you can get baptized because you've sworn off the gay. He, he gets dunked in the baptismal pool after he shows everyone the picture. Then after they, and both of these groups, the pastor dude and the guy getting baptized posted Facebook messages celebrating their baptism, thinking nothing of the sign, really. And everyone in the comments are like, the fuck are you people? What's wrong with you all? What are you doing? Yeah. It, like overwhelmingly, everyone's like, what, what are you saying? Yeah. The guy who got baptized then posts a video making an apology of sorts, not saying I was wrong saying uh-huh. like, oh, I'm sorry if I offended anybody. <laughs> and then everything I just told you uh-huh. gets deleted offline. Really? They must've realized, Oh, by the way, along the way, I Facebook messaged the church and I'm like, hi, I'm this dude. I write some stuff. I want to know what your church says. It is being gay a choice. Did the devil cause people to be uh-huh. gay? What is your stance on it? 
Um, they, I got the red receipt. Like, I know they saw it. <laughs> I never got a response. What, and then everything got deleted. Not before I saved every screenshot and downloaded every video, though. So oh all of this God. still exists. I'll post a link to it. But, like, oh, my God. They convinced this guy who a year ago-ish had posted something on Facebook with, like, he seems happy. He's standing on a nice photogenic bridge with some balloons saying... Uh-huh. I'm 25 today, and I'm proud to be gay and open about it. Like, oh, oh, good for you. Like, you seem really happy. And they basically guilt-tripped that out of him. And, yeah, like, oh, my God. I I don't want to make fun of the guy because, like, he's the victim in all this, I think, even though he's 25. But, like, what is wrong with all of these people that they're telling this kid? Because they don't say this in public. They Like, the standard evangelical line is, you can be gay. There's nothing wrong with that. God makes you gay, but don't act on it. That's the standard line. But yet this kid's holding up a thing saying being gay is something the devil did. And I'm over that lie. Like, no, in private, they're still pushing that myth. So that's what pissed me off about this. And it's just, oh, you're brainwashing this kid. That's awful. Yeah, poor guy. Do you want to talk about Jerry Falwell? Can we talk about Jerry Falwell? Sure. Oh, man. I didn't know Jerry Falwell did a thing this week. Oh, 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 let me tell you. Okay. Oh, my God. Okay, so here's the story as I understand it. This is honestly the happiest I've ever seen Hemet, and I was at his (laughs) wedding. (laughs) (laughs) There's less stress with this. So, Jerry Falwell, uh, this is the story that we just learned now. Before the election in 2016, before Jerry Falwell famously endorsed Donald Trump, like months before everyone else was doing it, he asked Jerry Falwell Jr. at Liberty University, Uh asked Michael Cohen, the Trump fixer attorney dude who's now in prison for years, Uh like, hey, there are some, quote, racy personal pictures of me that someone has... And I need you to take care of it. Please be a man. Please be a man. Please be a man. <laughs> we don't know. Oh. The, and here's what Cohen, here's why we know this. Michael Cohen was speaking to comedian Tom Arnold. Yeah, I know. It gets what? weird. Tom <laughs> Arnold. Tom Arnold recorded their conversation without Cohen knowing. And Cohen, and now that Cohen's Tom in prison. Arnold, you sly dog. Dude, and now that Cohen is in prison, Tom Arnold is releasing that audio that he said, I, he said, I told Michael Cohen I would not release it until he's in prison. Now he's in prison, so here you go. And the conversation says, the Falwells wanted to keep, this is Cohen, a bunch of photographs, personal photographs from becoming public. I actually have one of the photos. Yes, 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 Cohen. yes, yes. It's terrible, <laughs> says Cohen. <laughs> we don't know what the photo is. I don't know if he has it, but oh, according no. to Cohen, Pain he... Picture Cohen. We don't know, but he met with whoever the person is who had these pictures, or maybe that person's lawyer. Uh huh. According to Cohen, everything's destroyed now, except for the one he apparently has, and that's it. That's what he told Tom Arnold, and that's the last we heard of it. And then suddenly, uh-huh. co- chronologically, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Falwell endorses Trump and has endorsed Trump ever since. Now, what uh-huh. are the photos? As far as we know, it's like a ding dong photo for think sure. About, think about the options here. Ding dong photo. Could be a dick pic. It could be something between him and his wife, and I don't care, and it's none of our business, except that I don't think Liberty would be okay with it if students did that with their significant. I don't know. But, but also, I, I don't think that's likely because how would that fall into somebody else's? It, that that's seems the, the least likely thing to fall into Why somebody else's. Why would that hands? be in anyone else's hands unless they hacked his phone and just took that? But again, why would you hack Jerry Falwell Jr.'s phone? I don't know. And then you think well, no, there's a story. Like there's a there. separate story uh-huh. from like a year ago about like how Jerry Falwell has property in Florida and that involves a pool boy. And it's been a running joke ever since. Like, what's Jerry Falwell's pool boy up to? And oh my God, now you include that in the mix. It's like, I wonder what's going on. Oh, oh people's God. imaginations are running wild. Please have a gay affair, Jerry Falwell. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, it makes me so, so happy. So, of course, Falwell has, has since said, there are no photos. There never were any photos. Sure. This is all a hoax, whatever. Yeah. Um, we don't have any other details about it. The only, I did hear that the pool boy made a statement saying, stop calling me pool boy. That's, that's <laughs> degrading. <laughs> 
is. But basically, like, it's just, of course, I'm like, it wouldn't even surprise me if Jerry Falwell did something. Not that he did something that's like scandalous, right? Like, whatever. I don't care but what he does in his private life, but hypocritical. Yeah. And like, if it involves a pool boy, all the better. Ugh. But oh my God. So, and Asking. this is the same guy who, Jerry Falwell Jr., who this week, like tweeted, Donald Trump deserves an extra two years in the White House for what Mueller has put him through. Yeah, and then Trump retweeted that. <sighs> and then they're both like, we were joking. Like, I didn't see the LOL in your tweet. Yeah, that's oh. definitely not a thing dictators oh say. Oh my God. So it's the greatest oh my story Christ. ever. Also, what has, what, like, what is he talking about? Like, Trump had nothing to do with that thing. Like, he... It had no effect on his presidency. His first two years were a failure because he's a failure <laughs> of a human. Yes. Oh, and oh, yeah, yeah. The um, this week is when they we found out that Trump is like a billion dollars in debt. <laughs> just I mean, within that ten years, he lost a billion. When ten years. Do you know how long it would take to just burn a billion dollars? I don't know. I Literally, saw, with uh, a match in a silo. I um. Stupidly, when I was looking at like the comment section on CNN, mm-hmm. and fuck, people are either gullible or Russian trolls or something. Because like somebody was like, "Bless him for being able to pull himself out of that difficult situation." <laughs> like, wow, y'all can find like the best side in yeah. any shit sandwich. Or the here. Fox News Channel take that like, wow, he's accomplished so much. Like, can you imagine how do you lose m- that much money running casinos, which are which are literally mathematically all they do is money. Ma- they're mathematically money makers. <laughs> you have if you're the house, you have to try to lose money. Yeah, that's <laughs> wild. So yeah, but totally, definitely, ridiculous. he's really rich. So don't worry about that. Don't oh need my to see his tax return. Right, let's talk about everything going on in Georgia because there's a oh, lot. Oh, Georgia guys running her up for Kentucky is the state to watch. Yeah. So. The governor this week signed a heartbeat bill. Mm-hmm. This is the most extreme anti-abortion bill in the country now. Mm-hmm. Um, it basically uh, gives personhood to any fetus at like six weeks old before women, some women even know they're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading like, here's the consequences. Like he signed this. It's a thing now. Of course, there will be a lawsuit and odds are a judge will put a stay on it like it won't go into effect and it won't go into effect anyway for a little uh-huh. while to come barring a lawsuit anyway mm-hmm. but that's the whole point they want this to get up to brett kavanaugh like that's why they wanted him on the supreme court they want them to say yeah this is totally legal Fucking monsters. Um, but the consequences of this and this is a compilation from different people tweeting things about it um we, here's what the bill doesn't answer if the fetus is a person at six weeks can child support start then mm-hmm. for the men involved? Um, what about if you're in a refugee or an immigrant? Like, can you be deported since you're carrying a U.S.-born citizen in your body? Oh, yeah. Uh, can you insure a six-week-old fetus and then collect money if you miscarry it mm-hmm. <laughs> with life insurance? Yeah. Um, it, By the way, rape and incest, the exemptions to that for rape and incest only apply if you, I think you would need to have a doctor's note Mm -hmm. that it was rape or that it was incest. Um, I think your parents have to sign off on it. If it's, I don't know. Like if you have incest, you need permission to get an abortion from somebody, probably the people who did it to you. As long as we don't trust women to make their own decisions about themselves. I'm cool with Uh, that. By the way, if you're in Georgia and you travel out of state, to get an abortion doesn't matter. You're still can you could still be prosecuted and for put like in prison. Attempted abor- abortion yeah. or something. Oh no! Fuck. For doing the abortion, you could still you committed a crime. <sighs> the law still applies, and you could go to prison for up to ten years. And the way the penalty works, in theory, you could be eligible for the death penalty. That's the crazy end of things, but it's already crazy. But basically, well, this will this is doing what pro life people quote unquote always say they don't want to do, which is punish women for having an abortion. They always, again, the standard for that side has always been let's punish the doctors, Mm -hmm. not the women, because the women are the victims. Uh Um, This bill flat out punishes the women. And again, women miscarry. That means if they go through the trauma of a miscarriage, especially when they want to have the baby, 
Uh, now, like, someone has, like, the police have to come by to make sure it wasn't an abortion. Because, like, you know, who knows? We might have to put you in jail after yeah. what you've just been through. I mean, I definitely trust police to understand the difference between a miscarriage and abortion. Well, police are good at everything. Yeah. Always. They're notoriously really trustworthy. Yes. Uh, she, if, if they can prove that a miscarriage was second degree murder, which is what this could charge women with, she could go to jail for up to 30 years. Uh, yeah. So, so that's Georgia for you. Now, again, there will be a lawsuit. It will get to court. It will get to the Supreme Court. Even if they strike it down, these heartbeat bills are still everywhere mm-hmm. to varying degrees of extremism. But again, this is what happens when you put Republicans in charge or they change the rules to put themselves in charge as they did in Georgia. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this is, again, this is one of the reasons I really have a problem with the, because there are anti-choice atheists Mm -hmm. who are like, I'm totally rational, reasonable. I'm not a part of the religious right, but they believe all the same bullshit that these people are doing, and they're fine with it. I don't, listen, I don't care what your core beliefs are if you're anti-choice and, like, fuck clean off. I do not want to hear from you. Um, Totally unrelated, but still in Georgia. Yeah, this one's pretty wild. So the story, in theory, was about a mayor of a town called Hoshton, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, Teresa Kennerly is the mayor of the town, and the story in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is that they didn't hire a black man as the city administrator, like he was one of four finalists. Uh They ended up not hiring him, but the mayor apparently said to one of the other city council members, quote, he is black and the city isn't ready for this. Uh, Now... It's not clear that the candidate knew she said that. He did. He said he withdrew from the job opportunity after right. the phone interview because he lived far away and they mm-hmm. wanted him to pay his way for an interview. Yeah. So the racism may not have been the reason he didn't get the job. But the story is that city council members heard the mayor mm-hmm. say something ridiculously racist and they based, there was a couple of city council members who were like, what do we do with that information? Yeah. They told the city attorney, and now it's public information. Mm-hmm. And that's not the worst part of the story. No, it's not, which I would hope. So uh, I want to cite that it's Councilwoman Hope Weeks. She was the one who kind of was Whistle the whistleblower. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a lot of people were having some super really good hot takes, um, including... Is this, yeah, this is Councilman Jim Cleveland? Is That's this right. Okay. Councilman. He's one of the few people who was in on this the whole time. Quote, I don't know how they, they being the people of this town. Yes. Which is, by the way, 84.6% white. So, yeah. shockingly white. Um, I don't know how they would take it if we selected a black administrator. I'm a Christian, and my Christian beliefs are you don't do interracial marriage. Pause there for a second. <laughs> He's fine with her saying no to a black administrator. He actually said she might have been right. That was his quotation about not hiring the black city administrator. And then, like voluntarily, he says this thing about we. my Christian beliefs like, are you don't do interracial marriage. Talk about this unforced story error. had nothing to do with interracial marriage. No, it's literally two people... Being in the same building. Like, <laughs> what is your fucking problem, dude? But um, now we have a whole bunch of other questions. But I think this is my favorite part coming up. That's the way I was brought up, and that's the way I believe. I have black friends. No, you don't. No, you don't. I hired black people. You did not. <laughs> uh, but, when, but when it comes to all this stuff you see on TV, when you see blacks and whites together, it just makes my blood boil because that's just not the way a Christian is supposed to live. That's the city count. Again, if that guy can get elected, all of you can get elected somewhere, maybe. Yeah, listen, you guys. So here's the question that I had after I read this story. What church does this guy go to where he's getting these beliefs? And this became like, I swear to God, I I just told my kids, go away. (laughs) I need to figure this out. I'm going to ignore you for hours. Even, even more so than usual. I started going after this guy's Facebook profile. I'm like, let me find your friends, a friend, someone in your church. If, if you go to a church, yeah. you're probably friends with people in your church. Uh-huh. Let me figure out who all the pastors are that you know, because one of them might be your pastor. Uh-huh. And I'm looking for pictures. Okay, 
seriously scary rabbit hole I go down trying to figure. Let me find a picture of a church yeah. or if I'm a, a church's Facebook page with this guy's picture in it, uh-huh. so I can link the two together, and then I could figure out what this church believes. This is my thought process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found nothing. What? But I found one pastor who I think was related to this guy. So I reached out to him, and I'm like, hey, does this guy go to your church? And the guy's like, who are you? I'm like, I found it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, let me, let me give you a call, because his number was public information. <laughs> so I, I gave him a call, and he picked up the phone. We had a short conversation. He genuinely said, I had not heard this story. Huh. So he couldn't believe it coming from me. Sure. So whatever, I'm just like, is he a member of your church? He was dodgy about the question. Uh-huh. But get this. I was like, all right, well, I don't really have a story here because right. like, I can't confirm any of this. Next morning, the guy calls me back. What? Yeah, I didn't tell you this. The guy calls me back. And he's like, I've had a chance to read the stories about this guy. Oh, my God. He, uh, he, they are related. And he basically said, uh, this guy, one, he said the guy's not actually racist. Okay. All right. Well, Whatever. I would say his words would contradict that. <laughs> his but... words are racist. His Actions. thoughts are racist. But I guess he's not. I guess he's not in his He soul. said I, he doesn't go to my church. He lives hours away. Okay. He's like, I don't think he goes to a church. But like, maybe he goes on the high, holiday, high holy days or whatever. <laughs> Churches in Georgia are too liberal these days. <laughs> yeah, there's not enough of them either. <laughs> um, he's like, I don't think he goes to one regularly. He might pop in on mine if he's close by or he might go somewhere, but I don't know. I don't know if that was a dodge or whatever. But then he made it clear like that he doesn't buy into this. He thinks what Jim Cleveland said was appalling. Uh-huh. And he also added, like, we've talked about Stephen Anderson, that independent fundamentalist Baptist minister who says all the worst homophobic, oh, misogynistic yeah, 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 things. Yeah. Well, the pastor I was talking to is also independent fundamental Baptist uh-huh. minister. Like, they are, like, social issues that we take, like, we believe. He's on the crazy deep end on the other side right. of all of that stuff. But, and I've been watching these people for years, like, on YouTube and writing about them. I've never, ever heard them say anything racist. So I'm like, I would actually be surprised if, like, Jim Cleveland attended an IFB church uh-huh. and heard this. And I said this to the guy, too. I'm like, like, I know what you guys preach. And, like, yeah, homosexuality is a different issue. But we're not talking about that. Right. I, I don't know where he's getting this from. Like, do you hold these beliefs? And the guy's like, no, I don't. Mm. Like, so what? What verse is he pointing to right. that says interracial marriage is bad? Uh-huh. And ultimately, that's kind of where we left the phone call. I just hmm. didn't. He didn't want to talk more. He didn't. He, I, he didn't. I, he clearly didn't know who I was in the sense that I'm an atheist. No, no, he didn't know I was an atheist. Oh. And he didn't know what I was writing for. So I don't. So he just didn't know Did me. Did you just say I'm a journalist or whatever? Or yeah. I'm a writer? I don't lie about it, but I just kind of. I don't say I write for friendly atheists. Uh-huh. I'm just like, look, I'm writing about this for Pathios. Um, which is accurate, yeah. but they don't know what that means. Um, so I didn't get much from him, but ultimately I'm, I still haven't figured out where this guy gets any of this from. Uh-huh. No one's been able, he, it's not like Jim Cleveland has said, this is the Bible verse I'm citing. Um, it's just a ridiculous racist thing. Yeah. And so there was a meeting of that city council since. They want Jim Cleveland to resign. They want the mayor to resign. Good. Nobody's resigning. Nothing's changed. <sighs> Nothing like and nothing's I mean, at going least to change. Local outrage, you know. Yeah, like, at least there's some local outrage. But um, I would also, if you're a reporter in that area, please find me one of his black friends. Yeah, get oh a my name. God. I want to know if and a they picture will... of them together. <laughs> and and hey hey, white men and blackface do not count. <laughs> that picture is surely oh out oh, there. I've somewhere. never been more sure about anything. Yeah. All right. What else you got? Um, let's see. Oh, I don't have a lot to say about this, but I just found out that the uh, Satanic Temple is officially a uh, a religion by uh, via the U.S. <laughs> government. They have tax exempt status now. So they do have tax exempt status. So they are fun. not the first. There was one in like 1980. Oh yeah, that did get nonprofit exemption as a church. Mm-hmm. Other groups have gotten like other Satanic groups have gotten nonprofit status. Yeah. But getting it as a church is a very unique thing. Mm-hmm. They had now have that status as a church. And uh, Scientology which, <laughs> and Catholic Church. Which means they don't have to be transparent about a lot of things uh-huh. now. They will be, but like, yeah. it's amusing. It's the question is what they do with that. I don't know. That's fun. Um, 
<laughs> I have one more abortion story. Yes. Because maybe one day I'll live in a world that I can do a podcast without talking about abortion. Yes. It is not this day. Um, John Becker is an Ohio uh, representative and also a character from a TV show <laughs> from Ted Danson. Okay. But this John Becker, bad John Becker, we'll call him, he's proposing HB 182, and it is, and I don't mean to shock you, an anti-choice bill. Uh-huh. So um, this one, thankfully, goes even further than some of the other ones, um, because this is sort of playing with what words mean, which is a neat thing for, for a legislator, legislator to do. So it targets, um, quote, non-therapeutic abortions, um, and it prohibits, this bill would prohibit health insurance um, and public benefit plans from offering coverage of it. So a, the definition that they use of a non-therapeutic abortion is an abortion that is performed or induced when the life of the mother would not be endangered if the fetus were carried to term or when the pregnancy or when the pregnancy of the mother was not the result of rape or incest so reported an, to a law enforcement agency. An elective abortion. Yes. Okay. Um, so right now, um, insurance can cover it, but women have to buy a supplemental insurance because being a woman is a pre-existing condition uh-huh. that you have to account for. Um, so Becker's plan would say no more of that. Like no matter what, you can't. You can't buy supplemental you can't, insurance. Yeah, you can't thing. be insured um, for for an abortion. Um, he would also remove the rape and incest exemption, and um, so that's neat. But let's talk about what an abortion is, Hammond. Becker con- con- uh, considers an abortion, quote, drugs or devices used to prevent the implantation of a fertilized ovum, which is what birth control is. Um, who, yes. I've got uh, somebody from, fuck, I didn't write down the quote, but birth control pills, IUDs, and other methods of birth control like that. The bill states that any birth control that would act to stop a fertilized egg from implanting in the uterus is considered an abortion under his bill. So literally before an egg is even fertilized, uh-huh. you are committing an abortion according to this guy. Well, the egg is fertilized, but it, if it hasn't implanted yet. Oh, okay. Because, you know, All right. technicality. Um, and let me, <laughs> this is... Maybe the, so. All of this is not great, but pretty rote, right? Like this, we've seen th- shit like this before. I mean, how much do you know about ectopic pregnancies? Uh, that's when the fertilized egg has not implanted in the uterus, mm-hmm. so it's like in the fallopian tube, mm-hmm. and if it grows from there, holy shit! Yeah, everything's that's, that's basically the what it dead. is. Did I learn what it was from an episode of Grey's Anatomy? Yes. Do I know more now? Also, yes. If there's an ectopic implantation of any kind, if there's an ectopic pregnancy, you need to take care of that shit fast it before the woman dies. Dangerous. It's extremely dangerous. Um, so the bill excludes treatment for ectopic pregnancies from the insurance coverage ban, which seems like a good thing because you need to treat these until you hear what Becker has to say about how he would treat ectopic pregnancies. Quote, Part of that treatment would be removing the embryo from the fallopian tube and then reinserting it in the uterus so that it, so that's defined not as an abortion under this bill. So he thinks he, you could just pluck the egg uh-huh. out of the fallopian tube. Uh-huh. Does he think it's on the outside of the tube? It's hard to say what he does or does not think. <laughs> the rules of logic don't apply to him, which is a fucking bananas thing to say. And also, like, it, it just shines such a bright spotlight on the fact that, like, these men do not know what the fuck they're the talking about. The people making decisions about women's bodies don't know the first thing about women's bodies. Don't know bodies. the first thing about women's bodies. They, it's... And again, you don't have to know all this stuff, but no, then don't, don't write rules about this listen, stuff. Listen, I don't expect a 60-year-old white dude to know what an ectopic pregnancy is if he has lived his life in a way that he doesn't care about women's reproductive health. That's fine. That is absolutely his right. I don't know a ton about testicular cancer. That's okay, too. But I would never dream to make rules about something that I actively don't understand. Like, it is the fucking wildest thing I've... You cannot re-implant an ectopic pregnancy somewhere else. That's not how it works. Uh, Said one person uh, who had been in OBGYN for many years... 
it's such fucking bullshit that I might die of dumb white Christian Republican men. Yeah. Unquote, said a woman in Rewire News. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes. 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 So, anyway. so that guy is a legislator too. You and you're not. Be a, you're not a legislator. <laughs> if you're listening to this, statistically, you're not in the government. Go do it. Run for. Take that guy's seat specifically. Take his. Do you live in Ohio? It's a big state. You probably statistically, you probably live in Ohio. <laughs> Let's talk about statistics. <laughs> Did I do statistics good? <laughs> I, I got I got one other uh, story here. <laughs> there was okay. Where do people watch the most porn in America? Like I'm sorry. Before like, I answer this, like on country, their phone or, okay, country, <laughs> like, laptop, yeah. um, <laughs> iPad, um, the South, pretty much, like Bible, Bible Belt. Belt. So there's a professor, University of Oklahoma professor Samuel Perry. He just wrote a book called Addicted to Lust, which is all about pornography and the lives of conservative Protestants. Very nice. Thank you. He uh, did an interview for The New Yorker, and basically they talked about like, what does porn do for these Christians who watch it? And this is not a shaming thing. This is not, they're just like, what did you learn about the Christians who watch porn in the Bible Belt? Some masturbate. What do you mean? (laughs) Here's what the guy said. Um, There is a connection, this is according to the professor, between viewing porn and experiencing depression. But, he said, the problem is not that they're watching porn. Don't blame porn on this. He said the problem is it's only a problem for men who think they're violating their own moral code. Oh, interesting. So, like, when the Christians in the Bible Belt watch porn it does have a nasty effect on them because they're living in a culture where you're not supposed to do that. Right. So, like, they feel extra bad about it. Jesus. But, like, for everyone else, it doesn't make a difference. Like, you can just feel crappy. He also said, (laughs) it's also bad because conservative, I'm quoting here, conservative Protestant women are twice as likely to divorce their husband because he watches porn. God, that's so tragic. And they think it is literally analogous to adultery or betrayal or a perversion. So the professor said the consequences of pornography use for their relationships are extreme compared to consequences for anybody else's relationships. Huh. Um, and then, the, yeah. yeah, so. That's I mean, that just it. reminds me of, it's all the same shit when they talk about like high suicide rates and trans kids or gay. It's like being trans or being queer doesn't make you That's depressed. Not the problem. It's you dickbags <laughs> who are treating them like a garbage person right. for being themselves. Right. My favorite part of this interview is they were saying, well, what about masturbation? Is that okay? And the professor says, there is a small sliver. Like, you have to think of your spouse. Yes. Is that it? <laughs> That's when masturbation is okay. <laughs> and he offered he offered this this story. When would you be masturbating where it's not a wicked thing to do? Quote, one example might be that a Christian man and his wife are struggling with infertility and he has to go to a fertility clinic and masturbate into a cup. So specific. If he he does so to pictures of his wife and he's not looking at porn, and he's trying to make Christian babies with this Christian wife, nobody would say, hey, that was sinful masturbation. So, so it's you even see, there's, narrower. It's a very narrow way where they're like, all right, now it's okay. But again, like, isn't the whole point of masturbation fantasizing? You don't fantasize about stuff that's that you have access yeah, to. Yeah, but I, don't I know. think that's interesting that like... The idea that you can only imagine sex if it's with the person you already have sex with. And only for that specific... Re- so like if you're on a long trip and you're lonely in your I, hotel room... I think room, he like, said if you're thinking about your wife... Period, it's fine. Fine. Like some Christians, even the ones who are anti all this stuff, uh-huh. they would say, fine, that's okay. But then we've already we've also heard pastors in the past say things like, "Well, if if you're a guy and you're masturbating, it means you're touching a dick, and that makes you gay." I'm gonna be honest; I'm not enjoying this conversation. Too bad. I'm super uncomfortable. I had to read it. Screw you. <laughs> <laughs> so my dog's in the room. She can't hear. She's only I'm, two. I don't know this guy. I don't know his book, but it sounds like a fascinating book. Addicted to lust. Yeah, Samuel interesting. Perry. So. Um, I have one more story, and yes. it's actually a. Um, it ends up. It ends up being positive. It's going to get dark, though. Okay. Um, so this is definitely a content slash trigger warning. A lot of... There's some, like, horrible rape in here. 
So just, if you're uncomfortable, uh, give me like two minutes. Skip ahead two minutes and you don't mm-hmm. have to listen to this. Uh, Jenny Thiessen, um, she is a woman in Minnesota. She was divorcing her husband. They had a couple kids together. She's going through his hard drive um, and looking for something. And she found four videos of herself unconscious in bed while her husband raped her. Jesus. In one video, the couple's son was sleeping in the bed with them. Ah. He would drug her. So she would pass out, which, which she pointed out, not just, like, obviously the rape part is horrible, but she's like, I was passed out if something happened to the kids at right. night. Like, I couldn't react. Um, the problem was, in Minnesota, there was still a provision protecting her ex from being charged with rape because they were married at the time. Jesus. So she obviously goes to fight this. Um, Tim Waltz, he's the governor, a Democratic governor, he just signed the bill that repeals this provision, which wasn't necessarily really well known, but it shielded uh, people from prosecution in cases where they raped their spouse. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about marital, marital rape because I didn't realize it was still such a, uh, a prevalent thing, I guess. Um, the exception can be traced back hundreds of years. It, it came across with, uh, from Britain, um, and for a very long time, it was believed that if you marry a man, you are consenting to sex at any time. That is what it means to be married. Is I, You are inherently consenting to sex no matter what because you're married. We literally had this conversation last week about the woman who's like, what? Just just do it. It takes a couple oh of minutes. Oh, my God. Such, ni- like, such a healthy view of sex uh-huh. these people have. Um, they stayed on the, bu- the books through 1979, um, like nationally. Um, until 1979, a man in Massachusetts broke into his own home. He, he and his wife were estranged. She, he wasn't staying with her. He broke into their house while she was, and then raped her. Um, and it was the first marital rape conviction in, in the United States in 1979, which is wild. Um, there are still currently a dozen states that uh, shield spouses from prosecution and rape cases, including uh, South Carolina, where a married victim has to prove a threat of physical violence within 30 days of the rape. Jeez. So that's all very sad um, that this still exists, and it's something we all have to work on. But the good news is um, Jenny Thiessen, who was so brave with coming forward, she had, I mean, imagine how many times she had to tell that story about herself. Yeah. Um, and she won. They repealed the law, and it's a happy ending, but like a grim few hundred years re- leading up to that ending. Wow. Yeah. It's a horrible thing that she had to do, but yeah. good for her and good thank you to her for yeah. like, making that happen. And if, God, if her husband hadn't been filming it, she n- literally never would have known. Yeah. And she, I mean, obviously, she wanted to get divorced before she saw that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, there were they other were issues. Splitting up. And then that happened. That's mm-hmm. crazy. So, anyway. Uh, on that note. Ongoing story, men are monsters. More next yes. week. <laughs> uh, when can, where can we find you? I am at Hemant Meta on the Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, FriendlyAtheist.com. Go to Patreon.com slash FriendlyAtheistPodcast to support this show. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it again because you're never going to stop hearing it from me. Please, at least this week, go to Kickstarter, search for Pledge of Allegiance, and support uh, the project I'm working on to make this giant, audio history of the Pledge of Allegiance. And Hemant um, isn't saying it, but before when we were off mic, he was like, make sure, we just want to make sure nobody pulls their money from Patreon to put towards Hemant's new project. Because <laughs> that would be the real, the real tragedy of this thing. You don't have to do that. <laughs> um, I will say the Patreon subscribers for our podcast, uh-huh. if you're giving uh, 25 or more, or no, I'm sorry, if you're giving $10 or more via Patreon, uh-huh. you will have early access to the show as oh, cool. a Patreon supporter. But, if you can support it still, yeah. do it. I would appreciate it. I did. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Blueberry, B-L-U-E-B-U-R-I-E. Um, find my cross-stitching stuff at uh, on Etsy at Bitches Got Stitched Done. I wouldn't necessarily encourage anybody to order something in the next couple of weeks. I am trying to finish a project that I've been working on since December for my sister-in-law. Nice. And I really do want to finish it, and I keep getting orders, which is an embarrassment of riches, but here we are. I need to finish this <laughs> fucking cross-stitch. What was I thinking? Why did I start such a complicated <laughs> project? Um, what else? Is that That's it? That's it. We'll um, you see can you email us week. at friendlyatheistpodcast at gmail.com. Um, cool. Hey, what happens when we hit a thou- um, when we hit our next... 
transcripts is transcripts. the next goal. Okay. Patreon and goal. we're getting close. We're we're getting close. We're 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 almost there. So yeah. anyway, after you support Kickstarter, support us on Patreon. Yeah. You see how this works. Just give us all your money, please. <laughs> we work so hard. All right. See you guys we'll next see you week. Soon. Bye.